I got sick. I have struggled my entire life with pride, knowing that I am good enough to almost do anything I want. Were you ever mad at God? Oh yeah. How'd you navigate that? Uh, poorly. That doesn't ever end well. Is there ever any tension? There's a lot of tension. You just say, I'm in charge, do what I said. Let's get up out of here. Is that how it works? I might be coming to my own intervention or I, I don't know what's happening. Uh, you're a hard one to dodge, so. Oh my gosh, please Lord, anything but that. Welcome to the Elevate It podcast, where we interview leaders who are going after their it, their inner tugging. This is the perfect time for you to hit subscribe and also make sure you turn on the notification bell so you can be notified for our future episodes. I am extremely excited about who we have in the studio today i need you if you're in the comment section to put some type of uh, uh claps or emojis about your excitement about what's about to take place we have in the studio with us the amazing the awesome the magnificent come on somebody we got johnny d with the place to be and I ain't got nothing else to kind of rhyme with that, you know, but I'm going to keep that thing moving. But Johnny, Damon, we are super excited and appreciate that you've taken the time to join us on the Elevate It podcast. How you doing, man? I'm wildly better now. That might be the best introduction I've ever got. I wanted to cheer on myself. You want to like, cheer yourself? Uh, is that too prideful? I don't know. I had a little moral conundrum right there as you were doing that. Like, I am amazing. Uh, not too amazing. So... Uh, feeling great, man. Uh, feeling really good. I think we need to warn everybody. Like, we, this could go very, like, wow, this can go a lot of places. So, they need to kind of strap on. Uh, it could go a lot of places. I'm honestly, uh, I'm not nervous. I'm more terrified. You're, you're more terrified? Yeah. Uh, I explain a little bit. I please. wouldn't say I'm an ultimate planner, mm -hmm. but. My personality is one where I uh, can easily and I enjoy being the one that um, is a marionette pulling the strings on a room. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have no strings I can pull in this no. space. I've got have, no strings. You have all of them. Now. <laughs> I, uh, so that's a little unnerving for me. Okay. Um, especially when I asked you, so what are we talking about? And you literally hung up the phone on me <laughs> 12 hours ago and left me in like, well... I might be coming to my own intervention, or I, I don't know what's happening, but... Look, the, well, the whole gist of this, guys, and, and, and you all know, like, well, you, maybe you don't know, because you have no idea what the preparation takes place be, behind the scenes, is we want this authentic flow of who you are and your your natural uh, uh, reactions, laughing, crying, all the other stuff. You know, we got some editing. If you say some things that is, you know... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, trust me. Do you trust me? A hundred percent. Okay. So we'll move forward with that. So I got to let the people know who you are though. All right. So cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go back into like just building you up and all this stuff. So you got to get ready to kind of figure out like I'm ready. where you're going to be. I'm ready. So we have in the studio, Johnny Damon, <laughs> who is the COO of an amazing ministry in our, our local city. Uh, Gateway is amazing. And I'm grateful. Shout out to the Gateway team who has been amazing to us uh, personally, uh, myself and Lanisha, as well as our church and ministry and different things like that. Your heart uh, personally, as well as the ministry is just outstanding. All right. But you, COO. Yes, sir. You are that dude. But what is the COO? What is that, what is that like? Really? What is that role, that responsibility? What do you do? Yeah, it's a great question. So. Uh, ultimately, like my canned elevator pitch of what I do is <laughs> anything I can do on the daily to set the table for people to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, whether that means... That sound really polished, by the way, too. It like, sound really like polished. Like your elevator pitch. Well, a little bit. I like to keep it... Short? Keep it short. Okay. Otherwise, it gets wildly confusing. Okay. Because there's some days I'm not really sure what I have going on to do, but uh, that's the beauty of some of it. I, I have a lot on my plate, but on the other hand... I am very free to what happens and walks in, I get to help handle. So mm -hmm. um, whether that is uh, building plans for five years down the road or a walk-in that needs counsel mm -hmm. 
or how's the weekend going to get pulled off? Are we staffed and ready? Yeah. Uh, where are we supporting mission all over the world? Mm-hmm. I'm not directly involved with all those decisions, but I get to help set our team up to be successful, hopefully be successful, um, and make sure that uh, all the plates keep spinning so that all the things and dreams and missions and visions and goals that we have have a better chance of success. So that's a very vague way to say you're an amazing leader. A little bit different every day, um, and I love that about my job. Yeah, it is. So uh, it's a blast. I can't believe I get to do it. There's not a week that goes by that I'm still like flabbergasted that this is something uh, God in his infinite wisdom said, um, I'm going to have you help with this part of my kingdom, yeah. and it blows me away. So wow. I'm wow. humbled by it. We have an incredible team mm-hmm. that make me look a lot better than I am, and uh it's it's an absolute blast. So, love it. I, I didn't think ministry uh, was fun. I I grew up thinking serving Jesus meant you got to suffer, mm. and it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but you can have a blast doing it too. So that sounds good, man. Mm-hmm. I can go off of all that like right now. Hey, you talk more, I talk less. I'm not mad. No, 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 no. It's all about you, right? But. You did say something about setting the table, and it reminds me um, of something that you did through your leadership that set the table for Lanisha and I and some other awesome leaders that took place in your house. Hmm. And um, I think that will forever be, like, in stitch to my heart. <clears throat> for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it was a, uh, it's a group of amazing leaders in our community who came together pertaining to... Um, uh, to really see what God is doing in our hearts and our minds pertaining to some th- stuff that we we're praying about. I know it's vague, but that's where you are. All right. So he helped to facilitate like what clarity looked like, setting the table for that. And I'm talking about you can think about in a house that were there were uh, you know, meal that was prepared. There was, you know, different themes and things that were in each room. Like it really, really cultivated the presence of God, gave us clarity and oneness and unity. And that was really unique. I mean, period. Like I was like, yo, like you even did some some really sneaky, powerful stuff by getting like letters from people who really loved us to pour into us. And it's some of those things like when you're talking about organizations and ministries and or businesses, you would see a lot of the things that happen. Maybe a pastor may lead or you may see a front person, but then somebody's behind the scenes or people, a team of there behind the scenes who are really, you know, doing a lot of work to help pull some things off. And that's one thing I really honor about you too, is a lot I can brag on you about, but your heart and your posture, your heart posture. And it's not, it goes beyond beyond your job description, right? It's who you are, the things that you do to move forward. So, you know, I appreciate that. And I I love how you also involve, you know, family. He's a husband, a father, you know, um, amazing at those things. And so I've met the family and, you know, it's just, you're just awesome, man. I appreciate it, man. But you're also real and relatable. And and so like, I'm going to be real pertaining to that. And so I love the transparency because I do view you as an amazing leader. Thank you. So you've shared, you know, some things, you know, even with me and I've shared some things with you, but other people deal with the area of journey as well of how they, you know, go through and do what they need to do. So is ministry ever tough or your job? Is it tough? Brutally hard. Okay. Very hard. Uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, you're a hard one to dodge. So, um, <laughs> My mind just told me the thing I would normally say. I'm like, uh, he's gonna call me on it. So let's just let's just skip that. Um, I have struggled my entire life with pride, mm. and knowing that I am good enough to almost do anything I want. Mm. Ooh. And ministry was not an exception, and isn't. There's still days where I'm like, you know what? I I don't know if I need God on this one. Wow. And that doesn't ever end well. Mm. But it goes okay for a bit. I think we all have enough gifting and natural ability and whatever. It's God-given. I I know this. But Mm -hmm. I can hold it together Mm. even when I'm not. Wow. And uh, so that is probably one of the hardest parts of ministry for me. Wow. Is catching myself in seasons of like, did I talk to my father this week? Did I ask him for his help? Or did I just rely on my own, whether that's for a day or a, I'll go a month. And that's horrifying Mm. and terrifying. Um, And God's gracious enough to like be patient with me through that. I have this uh, 
man, we could go into so many directions. Go ahead. I uh, I had a uh, a very big health uh, issue about six years ago. Okay. And the phrasing I have used since then, whether you land on either side of this, it doesn't really matter. Some people think um, when illness comes, it's like it's just illness, or is God trying? Like, did you sin? You know, was it the sin of your father? All those things. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where I land on that spectrum, and I land in a lot of places on that spectrum of why I think I got sick, um, ever since then, I know for sure a portion of that experience was God shaking my life up. Mm-hmm. And so I've uh, internally and with a few close people, I've used the phrase, uh, you know, the snow globe, where you just put it upside down. Yeah. I want to live in such a way that God doesn't feel like he has to flip my snow globe upside down again. Wow. Because that was it. Mm. It was like, you think your perfect world inside this globe is fine. Mm-hmm. You haven't included me in it. Wow. Wow. And it cost me a year of my life. You said you got sick. What do you mean? Uh, I had cancer a few years ago. Mm. And uh, when I say I lost a year of my life, I I about lost a year of my life. Wow. Like I sat. I didn't leave a chair for about four months. Wow. And... As much as I lost it, I would do it a hundred times again if it got me that much closer to, like, my purpose Mm -hmm. and prioritizing the things I should and all those things. So your answer was, how can ministry be hard? No, I want to pause that now because you got me on something else. So you did do that, though, because you talked about the area of pride and you came from there. But It's hard when I make it hard. Okay. But in your sickness, Mm -hmm. were you ever mad at God? Oh, yeah. How'd you navigate that? Uh, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because uh, <clears throat> somebody may be watching, right? Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah. I heard about this ministry stuff so forth and so on. Okay, wait a minute. We just took a shift right now. This man opened his yeah. heart, his mind, transparent about this. Yeah. And they mm. went through it. They're there now. They had a family member or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, you're you're here thriving, doing what God needs to do, but yeah. it had to be a journey pertaining sure. to that. So how did you navigate that? For sure, sure. Uh, when you said mad at God, my mind immediately goes to one moment. Okay. That was my darkest moment. Okay. I had been in um, the details of what the surgery is not needed, but mm-hmm. it was supposed to be an overnight, you know, mm-hmm. quick surgery. I'll be out in the morning. Uh, 14 days later, I was still in the hospital. Whoa. And um, hadn't seen my family. I have uh, my wife's nine months pregnant. Like, life is hard. Mm -hmm. And I remember a moment, like, two, three in the morning. I'm at Hahnemann Hospital, downtown Philly. Mm -hmm. I've got a gunshot wound victim as my sleep mate. Uh, The other person in the hospital, There's his guys are, like, guarding the room because they think someone's going to come finish him off. Oh, wow. My life is just, like, what is happening here, you Mm. know? And I remember getting up and just yelling, like, yelling, God, where are you? Like, that, like, uh, I don't want to equate it to, like, a Jesus, like, why have you forsaken me, Mm -hmm, mom? But, like, mm -hmm. this is it. Pretty close. I think I'm done. Like, I'm not getting out of this hospital bed. And uh, there's not this, like, awesome can't wait to see you Jesus moment. It's I'm, I'm pissed. Wow. And then the next day my body starts to heal up, you know, and like I go home, um, and I'm here now. Like it's a success story. Hold on. Wait a minute. So you're mad. Oh yeah. You're frustrated. Yeah. You're like, Eli, Eli. (laughs) Yeah. The rest of the Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We can trust it. Why have you forsaken me? Sure. Moment. Right. And you get that out and your body starts it's to heal? It needed to happen. I don't know if it was I had to get to my lowest point where I... Oh, it's a word in this, Johnny. ...dealt with my anger or dealt with my whatever. And honestly, I don't think I got... Um, my body started to get healthy, but my, my spirit and soul didn't in that moment yet. But it was a turning point. Like, I can look back at it and say, I had to... I wish I hadn't have had to got to that point of anger. Like, I knew deep down that God was still good. I don't think I ever doubted it. Mm-hmm. But I allowed myself to get angry. Wow. Which I I am not proud of. Yeah. Um, but that was a But it's point. also taught me that there can be healthy ways to have heavy conversations with God. Mm. I don't think I did it healthily. But he can handle it. Like, 
we we think we God can this, handle it. We have this guy that's like, oh, you got a little snippy with me. Like, wow. Like, look at David. Look at all those guys who are like, what is happening? <laughs> like, wow. Are you up there? Wow. Um, I love that, man. And he can handle it. I don't think that's something a habit to build in. Like, yeah. I shouldn't wake up every day. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he can um, handle it, though. He can handle oh, it. Oh, I got to pause to preach for a second, you know? I mean, like, maybe there's somebody there who is, like, watching and thinking and, and, and saying, look, man, like, I've been through some rough stuff. Maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it's not, you know, but it's your thing. We can't judge that. We can't judge what you've gone through. We can't judge what somebody else is going through. But you know, and you're it, you're inner tugging, your area where you want to move forward. Sometimes you feel like, I want to quit. And it could be physically, spiritually, mentally. And you're realizing, look, I have this anger within that I have not been able to release. Let's think about it. Just ministry and or business if you're watching from that perspective or a nonprofit organization sometimes we just have to present like it's okay like the 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 you know i told the church face you know it's like hey how you doing yeah but inside it's like you really don't know and then you if you're coaching counseling like you got to hear other people's problems sure. and other people complain so that even can build to it you don't even know what i'm going through but you want to go ahead and dump those things on you had to deal with all that get to the place where i realized like i have to release something so maybe you're there and again we're not advocating that you cuss god out right but we're saying like it's healthy to release those things yeah. cast those burn in a way that you casting your i gotta cast this mm. on you i gotta release this so that you i can't do this but i need you god so maybe you're at that point in that place and look i need to release this and the thing that may be keeping me from moving forward or release mentally physically spiritually uh emotional healing in my journey is i have to release bitterness i have to release wrath anger malice all that stuff i have to release judgment and give that to you so if you're hearing that loud and clear and you're able to identify with that we want to let you know like this is your moment this is your time right where you are riding on your car you're watching on youtube whatever the case may be like release those things because there can be a shift i can't promise you it will shift like johnny but there can be a shift if you're able to identify that situation yeah. thank you now back to our regularly scheduled program i was just gonna can i tag in one more thing absolutely um i'm not on my phone because i'm wanting to get distracted i'm just wanting to look up a passage of scripture that was incredibly helpful to me at the time mm -hmm. um in in second corinthians 4 um At the time when I was going through this, I heard this little sermon, and it was included in a song that became like my life song that I just I played almost every day of my life. Are you gonna sing for us? No. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Back to where the strings are people. Like, I mean, I guess. No. <laughs> like a guitar just comes in off stage. I'm like, somebody. <laughs> but you can play the guitar. But anyway, you're getting distracted. Let's go back to the moment. I had heard this little sermon, and it. Uh, uh, this pastor named John Piper was talking about uh, the struggles that come along in life. And he has this whole thing that's beautiful and uh, lovely to hear and challenging and whatever. But the crux of it is him trying to point to Second Corinthians 4 at the end of the chapter. And he says, whether it's cancer or criticism, do not give up. And he's pointing to this verse where it says, this is why we never give up. Our bodies are dying, but our spirits are being renewed every day. Our present troubles are small. They won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Hmm. Don't look at the troubles you see now. Fix your, fix your gaze on the things that are unseen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what was birthed for me out of that moment of like God and his infinite wisdom needed me to fight for it so that I could see these are light and momentary troubles. Mm -hmm. Two weeks in the hospital is no joke, but it's light and momentary compared to right. forever. So I don't know who's watching this, but I'm sure your stuff's heavy today. But it's light and momentary and the lens of eternity. Wow. And it's working for you something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Glory in the future, and it's working your story today for somebody. So. Ah, thank you. Yeah, that's really good. I love that a lot in so many ways. Um, and thank you for sharing that, being transparent with us. Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> Pertaining to that that level in that in that area, mm -hmm. uh, I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. So um, there's some other things we've connected with mm -hmm. um, by conversation, and um, that has been like culture, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's been a lot. See, see your face. You're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. the strings. You don't know where I'm going with this. Nope. <laughs> nope. So, I would say like our bond started um, kind of around that George Floyd situation, things that were kind of going on. We started kind of connecting and wanting yeah. to learn. And you know, I had some hurt and some anger, some pain. You got you and some others. We were doing, you know, are doing life with had some questions and some things, and we just started to do life together i want to say first off like i'm i'm grateful that you asked questions i'm grateful the scripture talks about and all that getting get an understanding right mm-hmm. i'm grateful that we've had real tough uh questions even to this day we talk back and forth to say well what about this was this politically correct to say this and go in this mm-hmm. area of leadership so forth and so on what, why do you have that desire? Why did you want to understand more African-American culture or so forth and so on? Like, where is that birth from? Because you could, I mean, you know, ministry-wise, like, y'all not hurting. Like, you could stay in your own bubble and box and do what you're doing and praise Jesus and do that. But sure. you decided to do something different. So mm-hmm. where did that come from and why? That's uh, a long, loaded question with a lot of avenues I could take. Uh, my mind goes to, I regret... I can't say I regret. It wasn't my choice. Uh, I have lived on the East Coast about 10 years now. I grew up in the Midwest uh, where I had one African-American friend my entire life. Hmm. So it was just different. And I don't think it's because like he was the only African-American at my school hmm. my entire life wow. until I was 17. So culture was... That's my friend, Nathan. That's all I knew. What's up, Nate? His dad was a doctor, drove a Jaguar. That's as much as I knew about the guy. Mm. But we were friendly, you know, Um, and moved out here. I've had uh, two of my three children were born out here. They are growing up in an area that is very different than what I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do the hard work on myself so that I can make sure I'm being a good daddy to them and helping them navigate um, what their culture they're growing up looks like, how they can be best set up to have. I love that they have friends that look different than them, but that they're growing up not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a silly story, but they have a an uncle who is African-American by marriage. And uh, one of my favorite things when they were little, he's a, he's a really strong dude. Mm-hmm. And... My kids were watching TV. I think my my middle kid, he was like four. And this just jacked white dude comes on the TV and they're like, there's uncle. I'm like, they truly hadn't seen. They just saw a strong guy Mm -hmm. and thought, that's my uncle. Wow. And people can go all the ways they want. I'm like, I don't see color. I don't, whatever. I'm not saying that. Literally. But for them, I'm colorblind. So I literally (laughs) don't. That's a whole other thing. For those watching, Christian just told me he was black, like, <laughs> yesterday, so I'm still trying to get... <laughs> You're trying to wrap your mind around that. <laughs> um, but for me, it was a beautiful picture of a child who legitimately saw him as a strong man in his life and didn't see anything else. And I realized um, over the last few years that I have not done the work to make sure that I can... Uh, champion for others um i hadn't done the work to ask some of my friends like is it hard for you to get a job mm-hmm. um i helped someone just last week that has a different skin color than me um have a party mm-hmm. and they sent a note afterwards saying thank you so much no one else would help me rent a place because of my skin color wow and i'm like I was still kind of baffled by it. Like, I did not understand. Like, they give you a hard time because your English isn't great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I had to take a sad but worthwhile look at, um, do I want that to be one of the things at the end of my life I can look back and say I tried to help as many people as I could mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean people that just looked like me. Yeah. Well, I thank you, one, because 
it's not only something that you're preaching, like you're you're living it. Matter of fact, I think you're actually living it more than you're actually preaching it. Like I love that thing about you. It's like I'd rather just go do the work and be the demonstration. Sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us can talk about unity and oneness and different things like that or whatever the case may be, but like are we actually getting the yeah. opportunity to do that on a regular basis? And none of these things that you're saying are gonna be like put on billboards or social media, hey yeah. look, I helped this guy today or did that. Like sure. but like I'm grateful that you're taking the opportunity and I think that that's a move in the right direction for all of us. And it's not just one-sided. You just need to learn African-American culture. I had to also learn your culture. And I had to, mm -hmm. we've done some services together. And I'm like, whoa, that's way different. But I embraced those things. And you've seen service the way that we've done it in business and life. And you've been a part of Kingdom Vibes, that, you know, the yeah. uh, leaders that we've uh, met with. And, mm -hmm. and, and you, you know, you've engulfed yourself in it. And so I think that's something, too, that when we talk about kingdom and ministry and or business, that willingness to learn. So thank you for not assuming mm -hmm and having the area of the conversation and then doing something about that you always go back to self-examination yeah yeah uh but the other side of the coin of self-examination can be selfishness i think sometimes okay and there's a piece of my curiosity and why i pursue uh learning more is because i know in the same way that i know there are certain things about white culture mm -hmm. that are really cool mm -hmm. there's certain things about black culture and asian culture mm -hmm. and whatever culture that are awesome too mm -hmm. and i don't want to miss out so like some of the best food i've ever had <laughs> i don't know how to better say it but like white hams didn't make it <laughs> right we everyone listening is like duh i didn't know that my whole life mm. i thought like you could put a can of cream of chicken soup in it and call it a casserole and mm -hmm. this is the day mm -hmm. Cause that was my life. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But it comes with, there's so much beauty and like, I don't understand half of it. Mm -hmm. Like twice this year, someone has had to, I've asked someone that looks more like you, why do you wash chicken? Mm -hmm. I can't get a good answer besides mm -hmm. it's what my mom told me, mm -hmm. but I think it's awesome. Have I started doing that at home yet? No, you haven't? No. Wow. Wow. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know what's right or wrong, but there's a cultural thing there that, like, now I get to, like, have fun with it. And you're going to wash some chicken. See what, it, see what it's like. Someday. I mean, my wife's going to look at me super weird, but we'll see what happens. Now, you – so Johnny can cook, y'all. Okay. Okay. So even that time that we were at his house. Ooh, there was chicken involved, and I didn't wash it. Come on, man. You tell me that afterwards. <laughs> You gotta know who I. You know who I am. For anyway, it was good. Okay, I didn't know it wasn't washed. All right. No. Are you <laughs> so, saying you didn't know my culture enough to just no, assume I, I didn't I did. do that? I, I I didn't think about it, but it was good. Oh. It was really good, like really good, right? Um, and so you know, it's funny because I also had another uh, friend who was a uh, Caucasian as well. He's a pastor, and he was just like he was had to joke this week about <laughs> about seasoning food. Why that came up? But it was good. So. I've had the same experience on your side. I want to mm -hmm. say that as well, pertaining to that. But I think the key is the openness to receive uh, an enhancement of, uh, of of the palate. Like, are sure. you open to try new things yeah. in business and ministry and different things? Are you open to different culture, different cuisines, different things? There are some people like, nope, this is what I do. This is what it is. It works for me. Like that's that. Oh, right? yeah. and, and I'm not judging. This is not an area to judge, but I'm saying like for kingdom, for different advancement, business, ministry, all those things, like we have to be self-aware, look at our culture, see what we can do to have mm. kingdom culture and sure. for what that really looks like. And so I think mm. that's a, a place that we got to sit with and kind of process as well. Right? We both are in situations where we have to hire people and deal, deal with different things like that and, and learn um, different walks of life and what brand is and different things like that. You're watching, you sure. guys are leaders. So you realize that, you recognize that. Sometimes we get or attracted, attracting certain things and not really realizing why we're attracting certain things, right? Yeah. And those things can shift by our level of our understanding, our perspective, our heart, our mind, the heart of God, love, sure. like what that really looks like and coming through. So I'm grateful for that and just who you are. Well, right? Thanks for being willing to take my questions sometimes because it's a hard spot for me sometimes to know you have to have a level of relationship to be able to ask a question about like seemingly silly things, but like I just learned how much an average haircut costs mm. for a person of color, like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. 
it drastically shifted how I'm going to approach someone when I see a new hairstyle. <laughs> that seems yeah, so... Yeah, in the background laughing. That yeah. seems so dumb. Wow. But, like, I know what that costs you. Mm-hmm. And the time and, like, I'm... I'm done. All right. The world, yeah, there's like a flashing light that just get, all the cameras just shorted out. <laughs> I don't have that in my life. Mm-hmm. I need to, all those things just add up to me helping you know, me know you as much as I can about you because it's going to make me love you more and appreciate you more and be like, wow, thank you. You took the time to show up today wow. looking good. Mm-hmm. And it was more than just. I, I don't look in the mirror on the way out the door. Mm. Yeah. We had the ironing shirt life. conversation, right? Ironing shirt conversation. You sometimes don't or never. Do you iron? Uh, no. I uh, know. Okay. Uh, I think once in my adult life. You've ironed? Mm-hmm. Once. Wow. And look at me now. I'm, <laughs> I'm cruising. <laughs> think of how much time I would have wasted if I would have ironed every day. <laughs> You are the busiest man in the world, by the way. But I don't have time for that. Yes. So do you think I iron my, my, sh- my shirt? I think you iron your t-shirts. <laughs> do I iron my t-shirts? This is true. Let's put that out there in the comment section yeah. if you're watching this. Do you think Christian irons his t-shirts? Yes or no? The verdict is... I'll iron if I'm like going to a wedding. And by I'll iron, my wife will probably help me. Uh-huh. Or my mother might still help me. <laughs> I'm a 35-year-old man and my mom has ironed a shirt for me. Hey, mom! Um... Ah, okay. Yeah, you okay. swing the pendulum the <laughs> extreme other way, which is great. Which is great. Wow. But it's nice to know that ironing a shirt doesn't determine if you're a good or ineffective leader because uh, you are an amazing leader, man. Well, thank so. you. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about But you that. might look better on a promo page or something. Maybe. Maybe. It depends. Depends what the audience is, right? That's true. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about leadership. All yeah. right. Um, wow. We can go in a number of ways with this. What do you feel makes a good or effective leader? So we've done some hard work. And by we, uh, there's a lot better people than me that have done some hard work at at, uh, my home church gateway where I work. And uh, we came up with a bunch of descriptors, five things that we think a healthy leader has in their life. I don't have time to get into all five of them, but mm-hmm. some of my favorite ones, um, probably stolen from the great Craig Rochelle, but the humble confidence is a massive one. So there is a leader, uh, you have to be confident. I don't think you can get into a leadership position without thinking you have what it takes at some level. Mm-hmm. But the quickest way in my mind to disqualify yourself from leadership is to not have humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all sense it. Everyone listening to this right now, if I said, hey, who's who's that jerk that's not humble in your life? <laughs> it took you point zero seconds to be like, that one. Hmm. And when you have that person in your mind, and I, if I was to ask you questions about, do you trust them? No. Hmm. Do you want to be around them? Not really. Wow. Do you want your future in their hands? No. Are you looking for a way out of their leadership? Always. Wow. We could all probably do that. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Wow. So in my mind, humility has to be the... And what does that look like? I don't know. There's there's a spectrum. There's the person that says a true leader should be willing to do anything anyone else does. And there's truth to that. Does the CEO need to be washing the toilets? Probably not. Should he be willing to? And every once in a while do it? Probably. Hmm. Um Humility uh, can also move from the tangible, like day-to-day operations to just uh, the humility to be wrong. And Mm -hmm. that is where I'm the weakest at. The humility to say, we all can say things like, a good idea is a good idea, whether it's from the janitor or the CEO. Okay, that looks good on a pamphlet. But when is the last time you let someone, two direct reports down from you, tell you how it really is? And you're like, I think they figured it out before me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't say that very often at all. Wow. You know, as a church leader, when's the last time someone came up to you after Sunday and was like, I liked your sermon, Pastor, but like, I think you sh- got off the path a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I think you're right. When I preached that gateway, that happened to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. 
Um, I had to practice humility. <laughs> yeah. But is your instant reaction like, whatever that person, screw that person? Or is it, God, what are you trying to say through this person? It was in between. That's fair. Some of it, but I think too, when you get feedback, like if you're conscious of yourself, like you know a part of it like that's there's some truth to that. Yes. Right. You know. Yeah. But you're right though, the area of humility and coming from there. But it's it's good. But again, that could be culture as well, right? Like some people are used to area of feedback and hearing it. I think from what I've experienced from gateway culture and 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 your world that you've invited me into, I've also seen that is a lot of feedback and aligning yourself to kind of hear what this person is saying and hearing that so forth and mm -hmm. so on. Mm -hmm. It's not always that in my level of area of, of, of my experience and on my side and culture and different things like that, yeah. right? So uh, it is that area of sitting back and forth to kind of say, wow, I need to sit with that and kind of understand that yeah. and process that. Take the meat, right? Yeah. Leave the bone. Yeah. And then another level could be to help me process that an area of humility is the team that I'm accountable to. Because mm -hmm. now I get to go back and go to my team and say, hey, when I preached that gateway, I got this feedback and hopefully my team doesn't just look like me, sure. you know, and I can get the area to say, hey, Johnny, what did you think from your perspective or Scott or Lanisha or pastor or such and such, like come there and now I get to sit with them and be like, oh, this is actually truth. I'm grateful for that, right? Sure. Anyway. Yeah. I'm tracking with you, man. It's a lot. But yeah, I think that humility is a big piece. And then if I were to pick a second thing, and I'm going to go off script here. So this isn't my, this isn't one of Gateways. So okay, this is Johnny's. This is, this is Johnny. So it could be very wrong. It hasn't been vetted and had a hundred meetings attached to it. So uh, I think one of the quickest ways you can find out who the leader in the room is, and I'll tell you why in a minute, is ask a hard question at your next staff meeting or next corporate gathering or whatever, ask a really hard question. And then while it's awkwardly silent, watch where everyone looks because they're going to look at who they think is going to take it. Every room has one. Your kids have it. Ask a hard question and see who they look to. Mom or dad. Hmm. That's where you know where the leader is in the household. In the household or pertaining to that subject and situation? Cause I, I... Let's go with pertaining to the subject. Okay. I think more often than not, it leads to the household, but okay, okay. let's go with Well, okay, subject, you said right? you would say why. You would tell me why you yeah. had that assumption. Because uh, every room has someone, and I think every room has a group of people that knows who that someone is that's willing to do the thing they're not willing to do. Gotcha. So when there's a hard decision that needs to be made, mm -hmm. not everyone is built for that. Yeah. So I think a leader mm -hmm. with humility is always going to be the one that's willing to make the decision that someone else is not willing to do. Wow. Hopefully that means it's the good decisions. Mm -hmm. But often they're hard decisions. Mm -hmm. um, they're ones that have the highest risk of you looking like an idiot. Mm -hmm. um, highest risk of failure. Um, but without it, progress is off the table. Yeah. So you don't want someone that's like trigger happy. Mm -hmm. And just like, I'll make hard calls all day. Like, well, that might not be the best thing either. Right. But someone willing to mm -hmm. when everyone else is like, we've all been that. And you just see the awkward, like, you know, people put their heads down or look around or check their phones. Like, no, who's going to take it? Yeah. Right or wrong, we got to move. And uh, so those would be my two answers to like, what does leadership look like? Stay humble. Make hard decisions. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm going to ask you uh, another question before we, we go to uh, another part, another segment mm -hmm. that we call uh, Elevate in Your Element. Yep. Okay. But because we're in the area of leadership. And so I want to talk about for a little bit, I'm trying to word this in a way. Like mm -hmm. <clears throat> when I think of leadership, I think of team. Mm-hmm. I don't think of just one individual. Sure. And so even in your analogy and what you're talking about leadership and looking at the room, so forth and so on, it's so much that go to that. Like, how do you cultivate team leadership? <clears throat> right? Like, 
because again, somebody's there, they might say, look, man, I have a church, I have a ministry, I have a business, and I just feel like I've been in this solopreneur type of mindset. I've been doing this, I'm doing all these situations. Like, I've been trying to get a team, this doesn't work. I gotta fire this person, this person don't stick around, whatever the case may be, you know, like, how, or when I get people, they don't stick and stay. Like, what would you say are some kind of things to kind of say, look, this is how you get team, identify team, cultivate team. I know it's loaded because it's a lot that can go there. But if you can give somebody a tool right now who's watching, like, I know my next step is I need a team. Mm. Yeah. How can I get a team? How can I cultivate that team for, for longevity? Yeah. Uh, trust and getting them wins as fast as possible mm. is something I would say you can do quickly. Uh most often than not, though, trust to me means sometimes it's not, oftentimes it might not look how you wanted it to look. And getting them a win might mean it should look like their win. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love, uh, if there was a whiteboard here, I would have a whiteboard session of like, we're all starting here. Mm -hmm. We have to get here. I would go like this. But the other person might do this. We got to the same place. It's not how I would have done it. I can celebrate that as much as the next guy, and that's going to build me a teammate for a long, long time. Wow. If I can say, that was a little funky. I'm not really sure how or why or was it efficient. We can have those on the back end. Hey, do we think that was like whatever? But we scored the goal. Mm. Let's party, and then we'll see if that was replicable or not. Okay. You know? Um because if you don't have people around you that think that they can be cheered on by you, or if you have someone on your team that does something well, but in the back of their mind they're like, I think I just didn't do it the right way, mm-hmm. that's not a strong team. Okay. You have someone on the team, mm-hmm. but they do not feel a part of the team. So that's where I would maybe start is like get some wins. Maybe they're small. That doesn't matter. A win's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, build some confidence because um, that built trust. And when someone trusts you, they'll run with you. Wow. You know, that age old, like, you can run faster alone, but further together. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Wow. So. I love it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to get out of here and go to your element. So we're yeah. going to transition to elevate in your element. Mm-hmm. Don't miss it. Well, here we are at Gateway Church, where we're going to elevate in your element. But it's not your element. It actually is Johnny's element. And so here we are. Come on out. Get out the car. And let's go ahead and see this beautiful uh, church in which Johnny's going to elevate us, take us to a higher level. Look at this beautiful building. Look at God. Oh, glory. I feel it in my shanana. Uh, Good to see you again, my guy. Uh, what a day. Huh. Johnny. I already did the whole, like, we're elevating in your element part outside when okay. you were, like, in here doing that. Because usually I'm typically like, hey, welcome to elevating your element segment. Well, we already did that. Since we did that, we're here with you and your element. And I have to say it. I mean, I've had the opportunity just, you know, to be here, to preach here, to cry here, laugh here, walk here. So, yeah. you know, it's it's just it's wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, building. And um, I know you probably wouldn't say it this way, but I'll say it. Like, um you help lead a lot of stuff that goes on here, right? It's a privilege to do it. See? Yes. See? He didn't even admit it there, right? No. Uh, yeah. It's fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very fun that I get to do what I get to do. And even you saw it in the last 10 minutes, just the people we get to shake hands with and the people we get to, to help with. Um, it's amazing. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's fun. But you can't do it by yourself. So you need a team. Mm-hmm. I feel like team like should like roll across the screen right right now. I know Anisha's happy because I probably like gave you work right now just just by saying that type of stuff. But there's so many times you probably deal with this as well. Like I'm sitting down talking with leaders, 
entrepreneurs, and we talked a little bit about this in our segment, um, when it comes up the word team, like I just got finished talking to a pastor and I was like, man, if you had the opportunity to sit with a leader, uh, and I was talking about you, but I said the opportunity to sit with a leader who does great with team building, you know, what would be like uh, something that you would sit and ask them? And initially he was like, I don't know. I really would have to process that. Do people come to you asking about leadership and team building and different things like that? Yeah, people come, but it's also something that's never far from our discussion. So what are you uh, seeing? What do you sense? What do you hear that people struggle with when it comes with operating with teams, building teams, so forth and so on? Again, we talked a little bit about this, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Uh, what I sense is that it's something that's not done well. Okay. Um, and whenever there's something in the world that isn't done well, I think it causes people to look for it and crave it mm. in the same way that, you know, you go on vacation or you're on a road trip and you eat Burger King three times in one day. Yeah. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. Then you get home and you're like, I, should I need something my mom, and my mom made, <laughs> you know, because you're looking for something that's real. Right. So I think people um, come to church, they're looking for it because the average person, uh, whether they're at a job or I don't know who's watching this. It's sad, but I think the average person is not in a healthy team environment. Mm. And whether you know it or not, something inside you is like, this doesn't feel right. right. Whether you clock in and clock out and you forget about it or you couldn't care about the person next to you in the cubicle or the person above you or below you in the in the totem pole, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, I just think it's not very common. But I also think some people have had a taste, a taste of it somewhere, whether they had it volunteering somewhere or a sports team when they were growing up or somewhere in some way, hopefully you've seen a little bit of like, wow, this is real. This is good. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you look for it everywhere. I had a job. I remember when I was in my young twenties, there's a billion things wrong with it, mm. but our team was incredible. Wow. And I, I don't know who's watching this. So I gotta be careful. I said for years, the only thing that would get me away from what I do now is if my old boss called me and said, do you want to do this in Philly? Mm. And I think I would have left. I wouldn't today, but for years that was where I was at. Why? Because the team culture was so good. The level of trust was insane. Mm -hmm. And we had a blast. Mm. What you said, but not in Philly? This company I worked for was four states away. Oh, okay. okay. I moved here. And uh, I love my job. I love what I do here. But for years, not today, but for years, I thought the only thing that would ever pull me away from here is if he called and said, okay. you want to do it in Philly? Wow. And I would have said, I would have struggled. Got you. Got you. you. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, what we had was so special. And mm -hmm. I think it really goes back to that team. Yeah. We didn't do everything right. What makes it special? It was special because we did life together at an insane rate. Mm-hmm. And the level of trust was crazy. So trust helps to make a good team. Yeah. I mean, and that's not a new thing. That's not a me thing. You talk to any of those, uh, read any Lencioni book or whatever you want to do, that trust is such a major base of anything. So um, I equate it to, uh, it's a war term they use, like when you've been in the trenches with someone. When you've seen stuff, and walked through a hard time. We talked about this today, actually, and something else we were doing. Mm -hmm. You have someone's back at a completely different level because you've seen what they're like under pressure. They've seen what you've been like. You love each other through it, before it, after it. And even when it's crazy, you know that person has got your back before anything else. And it's just so much more freeing. Mm. You can go into meetings knowing that doesn't matter how this goes. I know you've got me and I've got you. Mm -hmm. It's like ugh, Band of Brothers. Like, that's why it's probably my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah. There's just something about being so confident. In the same way that I'm sitting here right now, and I'm like 98% focused on this conversation, mm -hmm. but the 2% that's not here knows that there's a guy in the room down the, down the hall mm -hmm. doing his best. Yeah. There's those two gals we just saw in the venue doing their best. There's that person in the office that's cranking away. Yeah. The system's still running, and I firmly believe they're all crushing it. Wow. But I trust them. Wow. Well, I mean, I think, too, in the gateway culture, I'll just say, like, I've noticed that it's a lot of freedom and flexibility as well, mm -hmm. right? It's not a micromanaging type sure. of atmosphere, right? And yep. so I think that there's a level, like you're saying, that level of trust, 
um, you know, wh where does that come from? I mean, I mean, not every culture is that way. There's some people that are leading. It's like, no, I need this done, this, this, so forth and so on. So, like, where does that come from, like, that type of culture? Is that scientific? Is that something that I just prayed about? Like, where does that come from? Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult question because I think culture is really connected to the leader at the top. Okay. And so I think your culture can really be who's, who's running the show or responsible for it. And micromanaging isn't – I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing all the time. Mm -hmm. There's some real strength in having a micromanager type. Not all the bad things. We hear that and we're like, oh my gosh, right. please Lord, anything but that. Mm -hmm. Those people get stuff done mm -hmm. and is very needed in certain times. Um, I think for my part, I mean, you see a lot of how I do things and I manage the way I manage, which is partly how I want to be managed as well. So I would always rather know that my up trusts me has given me somewhat of a leash and that I've proven why I can have a long leash. Mm -hmm. So that's how I interact with our staff as much as I can too of, I believe in you. I'm going to support you. Maybe you went off a little bit, but we're not off the rails. We're just a little wonky. We'll get back on track. And I think that trust is something that's important because otherwise you just feel like you're in this tight box and you can't ever do anything. Is there ever any tension in the team? Always. Yeah. There's a lot of tension. How do y'all process tension? You just say, I'm in charge. Do what I said. Let's get up out of here. Is that how it works? Uh, that's probably worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. No. Uh, in the same way that uh, you almost tripped me into <laughs> You almost tricked me into talking about how uh, a marriage works. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. That's not what this is about. Um, golly, this is... You can't edit this stuff out. <laughs> Um, when you have the freedom and trust to talk about anything, it allows you to have the conversation that needs to happen. That sounds very vague, but it's got to start one-on-one. -on -one, I think sometimes I don't think public shaming or public stuff is the way to go all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so get it down to the core group that's having an issue and try your best to work it out. Mm. so that you can get through it and so that the team can see that there was some healthy resolution at some level. Um, knowing when and where and how to have those conversations is the hard part because um, someone might just not be ready to have it at that moment. And knowing if your team's a, when there's a disagreement, uh, I know who on my team can duke it out in the moment. And be ready to run. And they're mobile and they're agile and their head's already there. They're ready to go. Mm -hmm. I also know the employee that needs 48 hours. So it's not fair of me to say we're going to handle this right now. Mm. We're going to come back after you've had time to process. be you. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. I'm a quick thinker, so I can process it and I want to handle it right now. Right. In the same way a marriage. I don't know who's watching this. Your prior marriage. It's up in there. Your prior marriage. You in the third row over there. And it's, no, you're probably married to someone that doesn't process like you. Right. So it's not fair to expect them to do that. Mm. That goes back to like, you're going to trick, I'm just going to go into premarital counseling. Learning, <laughs> learning how to fight fair is one of the top things we teach in premarital. Because mm. conflict is real. Yeah. And if conflict is the price you pay for intimacy, mm -hmm. you got to figure out how to do that fairly. Wow. Otherwise, you'll, you'll destroy each other. Wow. And I think that happens at a team level wow. too. That's so. Good. That's good. I got one more thing before we conclude this. Look, when I say conclude, I doesn't mean this session is uh, that we're over. We're just done here, okay? We go back in the area of the, the studio, and we got some five on fire for you. So stay tuned pertaining to this. But I want to speak to somebody who is watching, and they don't have a team, right? They are solopreneuring it. They are marriagepreneuring it. They are uh, by themselves in business, or they just desire an area of a team, right? You know. Um, what do we say to them, not only just to encourage and motivate them, but what are they what do they need to look for? Like how do how do you even start this whole this whole this whole situation? Somebody can't even start their business. They're just like, look, I want to operate in my purpose. And I hear this guy talking about team. I know I'm gonna need a team, but I have no idea how to get what it is that I need to move forward. What you got for us? Sure. Uh it reminds me of some conversations I had uh years ago with uh my boss, my my leader here at, at Gateway. And uh there's a thing he used to say, um, 
when people looked at the team we have here at our church. And he said, you could always look at him and be like, well, it looks like you're just hiring around your deficiencies. Mm. And some people interpreted that as a weakness. Wow. Like you're just trying to build the squad that only fits your personality makeup. Whether or not he did that on purpose, I think it's the right way to go. Wow. Because uh, a team is a moving part. It it wouldn't work if you didn't make it super tailored. And that's where culture is such a big deal. You know, I was talking with him actually the other day about another church that does this. Um, and the difference between hiring on competency versus hiring on character and fit. So I would tell the person, you asked me a question. I would tell the person who doesn't have a team and maybe wants one, take a look at your inventory, your personal inventory. Where do you want to go? What is missing in your inventory to get there? Hmm. And if it's marketing, look for that person. If it's just being thrilled about what you're doing, get a cheerleader. If <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. The world might look at the hire and be like, that doesn't make any sense. You really need R&D and you need money and you need uh, 10 things. Yeah. But if you can do all that stuff, you just need a hype man. Mm-hmm. Get a hype, man. Wow. And that's the start of your team. And then you recalibrate and you inventory again with, all right, we got two. What are we missing? Mm. Look for that one. Love it. Love it. Thank you for your time here. Yeah. Um, and elevating in your element. And I know there is so many nuggets that you shared that I got personally from it, as well as hopefully that you guys are receiving as well. Um, we are praying for you and we're encouraged pertaining to this area, but I'm telling you, it's time for us to go higher, right? To elevate it. You have power, you have wisdom, you have insight. God knows exactly what you need. So thank you for sharing that, giving us some tools, some practical things um, so that we can go ahead and move forward within that, man. So we'll get back in the studio. Ah, so Johnny, thank you. Gateway is beautiful. As always, it's a story about Gateway too, but I won't tell that whole that whole thing right now. But just know yeah. that uh, we we love it, and thank you for the opportunity to have us elevate in your element. Um, what I want to do now is I want the people to know how they can follow you. So your social media tags. Where yeah. can we follow Johnny? Johnny uh, D, the place to be. If you don't have that Instagram, you should get that one. Johnny D, the place to be. That's kind of long though. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I'm not like the most social media savvy guy, but I uh, I'm on Facebook and uh, I'm on Instagram. You can follow me at Johnny Hart, H uh, A R T. Hmm. That's my middle name. So uh, you learned something about me. Got that from uh, a grandmother. So um, yeah, Johnny Hart. Check it out. Uh, it's a it's a fun place to be. Uh, you'll recognize it because it is almost all black and white. Because I, if I try to use filters and stuff, things start, my wife tells me I edit things and it looks like neon signs. So it's just better to just black and white it. So that's where you'll follow me uh, for a new perspective. And that's <laughs> how I found out you were colorblind. That's, you're like, why is this like, guy? Why is this always in black and white? You was like, I was like, I've known you for how long? And uh, you never told me. It just doesn't come up in yeah. the conversation. And then I told you I was African-American. And then you just get shocked. What? <laughs> anyway, all right. So follow Johnny. Johnny Hart. Yes, sir. On IG. The place to be. It's not the place to be, but I'm going to just keep saying that, okay? So we got that. That's good. And so I want to ask you another question before we go into a segment that you do not want to miss. Five on fire, y'all. All right. But, Johnny, what can you leave us with? A word of wisdom, encouragement um, as we're pursuing our it, our inner tugging. What word, what word of wisdom, insight do you want to leave us with? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting not knowing everyone that's watching this. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say I have something that I think is for everybody, but I I have something that you can take two ways, okay? First way, I would say if you're out there and you are just struggling through something, more often than not, there is someone, or maybe even if you're lucky enough, a group of people, but I think most of the times, most people, whether they know it or not, they have someone that's cheering them on and they don't know it. Hmm. Someone woke up today thinking about you, Mm -hmm. prayed for you, hoped you got 
whatever you had on your plate today accomplished, you'll never know it until we all get to heaven and get to talk about that stuff for millions and millions of years. Mm. So you're not alone. Okay. So be encouraged. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if loneliness is in your heart. Uh, someone's cheering you on. I know your Heavenly Father's doing it. But usually on earth, I think there's someone. You might not know it. Uh, it might be someone from a decade ago. But someone woke up maybe thinking about you and wishing you well. So be encouraged. You're not alone. Um, but on the off chance that isn't your story, uh, be that for someone else. And I think it'll come back around. Mm. I really do. Um, so uh, I would encourage you, as you're thinking, even as you're listening right now, who came to your mind right when I said that? Go be that person for that person. Mm. Um, include as much care and listening and grace and wisdom from God that you can and, and be a blessing to somebody else. Wow. Uh, as someone who has been on the receiving end of many of those, I would not be here today without it. Wow. So, and you might not have what, it, you might not have much in the tank. I think your tank will get filled by filling somebody else's. Mm. So, not sure why that came to my mind. You asked me that question like 10 minutes ago. I was like, I don't have anything. Mm. And then you asked it again and that's what came out. So. Good. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we got to do this together. Yeah. God's good. Um, but he designed us to, uh. This is a team sport, mm -hmm. like you said. So be somebody's teammate today. All right. I love it. You heard it from Johnny D, the place to be. You heard it from Johnny D, okay? Let's go into this five on fire because we're going to tie this thing together, and uh, we appreciate you. All right, stay here right where you are, all right? It's time. Like, share, comment, do your thing. We're about to go on five on fire. Johnny D, the place to be. You are the man. We love you. Thanks, brother. Love you, too. <laughs> Be the change that you want to see. I'm going to let that sit for a moment. Be the change that you want to see. Like, let's process it. Let's process that. You might have heard that saying before. You might have thought that before. But let that hit in your, in, your, in, in, your, in your inner man. Let that hit you in a unique way. Thinking about this change. So many times we, have, we, we, we fight against change. But you see it. You feel it. Look, you were created for it. If you take your itch, your inner tugging, and you see where you desire to go, if you see the things that need to be aligned with it, if you see, you can taste, you can sense the things that you that you feel as though God is calling you to go ahead and do, it's time to align your mind, as I say, to the vine. Align your mind to the Christ's mind and be the change that you want to see. That may require for us, look, I'm with you as a, as a first partaker, as a co-operator within this situation, being made in the image and likeness of God according to Genesis 1. Look, we have power within us that we move forward and operate in a way that only we can. Look, look, there's no reason to compete. You can compliment whatever the situation may be because you have power within you. But be that change. Be the change. Become it. Be being. We are human beings, not human doings. Be who God has authentically called for you to go ahead and be. And beloved, that might mean that we might get some more training or some coaching or open our mindset up to reading some books or doing things that's going to take us to a higher level. Some of us need to protect our space and go to a different level. Some of us need to get back to that place where we're physically fit, we're mentally fit, spiritually, emotionally sound, operating from a higher place, a higher vibration, dealing with only we can do it and do because greater is ahead for you. Be the change that you want to see. What do you want to see in your community? What do you want to see in your business? What do you want to see in the area of ministry or your organization? I'm encouraging you to go ahead and be that. You don't have to just thrive or thrive for that. You can be that. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mindset is a key for you walking in victory. That's right, I'll say it. And you can put it in the comment section. That is your mindset is the key for you walking in victory. So what needs to be done? How are we taking this? How are we processing the things that God is placing on your heart, beloved? There may be a boat for you to get out and operate on, in, with, around, amongst. There may be a storm that is around you. 
But will you be the water walker that God has called for you to go ahead and be? Realizing and recognizing that, hey, listen, look, that it might seem scary, but I've said it before, do it afraid anyway, because you have someone that is there that sticks closer to a brother or mother or a mentor. You have God within you and you can do exploits and great and powerful and mighty things for kingdom advancement if we're willing to be the change that we want to see. So what do you want to see? Love. Come on, somebody. Want to see more wealth and finances and health? What, what do you want to see? Then go ahead and align your mind to that vibration, to that heart, to that place, and, and realize that it's time for us to move forward. We're removing excuses. We're operating from the things that we're being compelled to go ahead and do. Some of us need to dream and dream so big, blow the dust off of the notebook, or go ahead and, and, and realize that, that there's some things that are time for me to move forward within those things, and my time is now. Put now in the comment section. Now is the time. My now is next. My next is now. Either way you want to slice that pie, I'm telling you that now is the time for us to move forward and be exactly what it is that we want to be. So, 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 so listen, right now you might feel motivated. You might hear and sense and see that there's some things dwelling that are, that are within you. Start with the mindset. Follow up with the area of your character. Find, uh, uh, realize and recognize what your it is, your inner tugging is. And then you got to go for that thing with the area of management. There's key management skills that God honors. And as you are managing the things that God called for you to go ahead and manage and to do and to be, that there's a place where God may take you from a pit and put you in a palace. He will take you in a place where dealing with all types of situations would take you up to be number one. You may go from being last in place to first in place. Or maybe it's not even about being last or first. Maybe it's just about being in the number, being in the midst, operating, dealing with what you're supposed to do. Beloved, you may be the answer to someone's prayer and be everything that God has called for you to be. Five on fire. You're amazing. Talk to you soon.